Alright guys, welcome to episode 23 of the Kenny for Your Thoughts podcast. The podcast where I'm realizing after 25 years that Jeff Jarrett's outfit in 1994, I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be guitar strings. Brandon. I hope so. I hope that's what it was. I thought he just got his shirt cut in something. And then he said, just go with it. But, Look, I'm yeah. going to throw up a picture right here, guys. Boom. So do you think that was supposed to be guitar strings? Because like, I had an epiphany the other day, and I was like, I'm pretty sure what the five straps were were literally supposed to symbolize the fretboard of a guitar. Brandon, you're a musician. You tell us. Uh yeah. Okay, that's I mean, enough. So. We have I just that's enough. I wanted to let everybody <laughs> to let everybody know that we have a guest on this episode and I'm what? pretty damn excited. I'm pretty damn excited for our guest. His name is Jamie Mazowskis and he is actually the founder, I don't know what you would say, the creator of Mania Crawl. So Jamie, go ahead and say hi. Yeah, man. Uh yeah, founder, creator, uh no official title. Just, you know, I'm the guy who puts it together every year. So I'm really happy to be on the podcast because without people like you guys, we, you know, we wouldn't be able to be heading into our six years. So I'm happy to be here. Six years, dude. That's, that's so awesome. And let, let's, let's run that back. You know, I might edit that first part out. The fucking badass behind Mania Crawl is what I meant to say. Jamie Mazowskis. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> Yeah, man. Well, thanks for joining us, especially like super last minute. I think I literally just messaged you like, hey, we're about to go start the episode. Do you want to join? And you're like, yeah, hell yeah. I was just pumping these guns at the gym and I'm I'm definitely down to get, you know, a video podcast. <laughs> <then>. <laughs> yeah, anytime, anytime. <laughs> oh, man. So go ahead and uh, go ahead and tell us about Mania Crawl, man. That's why you're here. Yeah, I mean, uh, so every year it's gotten bigger. It's gotten bigger and bigger. Uh, one of our most our biggest achievements was actually being on WWE 24 this past January. That was really um, awesome to get that type of exposure. But uh, we started in 2014 in New Orleans. It it was my first. It was my second WrestleMania. My first was 29, uh, which was in my like my home state of New Jersey. Um, so when we traveled there, we were thinking. Uh, we had a big tailgate for 29. We were like, we, we're not going to be able to do that and replicate that in New Orleans. So how would we be able to top that? So basically we thought there has to be a bar crawl we can attend down Bourbon Street, and there wasn't. So from there we decided that we, we should make a bar crawl down Bourbon Street, and this was two weeks before the event. Um, I went to school for graphic design, so I whipped together a poster, um, and that snowballed real fast, and we had about 250 people show up. Um, and then I remember when I was there on the first time, they were like, are, are you going to do it next year? And I was like, uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, we've been doing it ever since. And we raised money for Connor's Cure. Um, it's a really cool event. It's gone bigger and bigger every year. And the, the coolest part is just like the environment and adding to the day of WrestleMania. Because most of the time, if you have nothing to do before WrestleMania, you might just be hanging around waiting for the show. But this makes it a whole day event. Um, before your seven, eight, nine hours of wrestling that you're going to get at the end of the night. <laughs> oh, man. But I just want to say, I mean, just listening to you, that's inspiring, man. It's like it takes a lot of balls, like bluntly. It takes a lot of balls for you to say, you know what? If there isn't a bar crawl before Mania, let me do one. 
I don't think a lot of fans would have had, you know, the nerve to do that. And that's that's freaking awesome, man. As someone who's obviously trying to get our podcast up up and going, it's like that's inspiring to me. And and I just want to say, like, I think I told you, um, I was like, you know, you messaged us, and I, I, I was like, this guy looks familiar, and I don't know why. <laughs> and, and then I was like, holy crap, this guy was on the last WWE 24. That's why yeah. I recognized you, which, I mean, kudos to you, man. I mean, like, that is huge exposure. I mean, you can't do bigger than the WWE Network, uh, you know, for your Mania crawl. I mean, guys, if you were going to New Jersey, New York this year for WrestleMania, please, I encourage you, Mania Crawl 6, if we're going to Mania, I already told this guy, if we're going to Mania, Jamie, we're there. We're 100% there. You gotta. You gotta. We're going to be holding it in Hoboken. Uh, that was a big decision we made. The The location, for people who aren't familiar with the New York area, like they say New York, New Jersey, but the, <laughs> this is like a terrible hosting city for an event like this because – it's you, you have MetLife Stadium all the way in East Rutherford, New Jersey, and then most of the events going on in Brooklyn, and in between that are two rivers and Manhattan. Like, so it's, it was challenging, but this the event's going to be real close to the stadium, which would be uh, as easy for Ideal. The, the people <laughs> attending. Um, and we're also offering, we're offering uh, special packages this year where I just uh, made arrangements. We're going to get buses and ship people from Mania Crawl right to the door. So that's one big step we took this year that we're looking to, you know, do in the future if it's successful this year. But just to get people at Mania Crawl and know that, you know, if you signed up for the VIP package that you don't have to worry about, you know, what you had, how you're getting from Mania Crawl to the stadium because we're going to bring you right there. And man, that means that means a lot to someone like me because, um, you know, just to give our past, Brandon and I have been to countless WrestleManias. We've been to, uh, I've been to twenty eight. Brandon and I went to WrestleMania thirty. We've been to thirty one, thirty two. I thought you, I thought you meant you've been to twenty eight WrestleManias. I was like, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh my god, that's crazy! I thought you were thirty. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, yeah, I've been every WrestleMania since I was two. Um, <laughs> but. No, we've been we've been to so where was I? 31, 32, 33. We missed 34. Um, but I also I'm from New York. I'm from Queens, New York. So it's funny, everything you just said, I know. Like I I know it's so funny that they they completely shit on New Jersey, man. Like bluntly. Like the event is in New Jersey, guys. I want I want to emphasize that, but because the way WWE is, they're like, no, we're it's New York, New Jersey. Yeah. Which they're not close. That's like marketing as you know Texas Georgia or they, like Florida they're Georgia. Not close at all. They're not <laughs> right. close at all. Like most people, you know, a lot, I got a lot of suggestions, and I super appreciate that from all people attending our event. But like to to do the event in Brooklyn would have it would have been crazy because you would have got had to get from Brooklyn to then WrestleMania within a very short window because the event sort of leads up to WrestleMania. Right, exactly. and like that's just that's that's would be the hardest challenge because you gotta it's gonna be like an, at least an hour to get from Brooklyn to, into your you know into the stadium minimum. And guys, believe me when I as a New Yorker, Jamie is doing you a favor by having it in Hoboken because the last thing you want to do is make that trek right after doing your pub crawl, your mania crawl, and go over from New York to New Jersey. Yeah, it would cross be a nightmare. So Two different yeah. bridges or tunnels and all that traffic. So, yeah, that's the hope. You, you beat the traffic. You get there around noon. And uh, then if you, you sign up for the bus, you can take the bus. If not, you got the train station, bus, 
Um, and obviously Ubers and cabs. So it's a, it's like 15 minute ride from Hoboken where we're going to be doing the event to MetLife Stadium. Awesome, man. Awesome. And like I said, I mean, I, I didn't get to go to 29 personally. So I'm just crossing my fingers, especially as a New Yorker, that I get to go to this one. It's financial things. So hopefully, hopefully I get to go. Uh, it, and it's also because Brandon's like, I don't know if I want to go to this one uh, because it's in your home state. I don't really like New York. So, you know, Brandon. The, the 29 was awful. That was not a – I was at that one. That was that was a pretty lackluster WrestleMania. Uh, you think so? I mean, what, what was what was so bad about it? We, I just, I remember it was so long ago now, but it felt like it, we were calling it like predict a mania. Like you just knew everything was going to happen, and everything you thought would happen, it played out exactly that way. There were zero surprises. So I'm hoping this year there's a lot more surprises. Fair enough. I mean, I mean, I agree with that. 29 was a pretty predictable mania, especially with John Cena winning at the end. I mean, you knew he was going to get the the win back from The Rock, and you knew Triple H um, wasn't going to retire. Like that was no one believed that. Right, exactly. So, I mean, there you're, you're right. You're you're hundred percent right. I think I just was liking it because it was close to my neck of the woods. So I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. Uh, but here's a question, you know, and I'm I'm going. I'm wondering if you I've actually met you before because Brandon, you you tell this story. Remember at WrestleMania 30, we went on Bourbon Street and we were there was like a big group of guys, like hanging out drinking. Yeah, and we did. Uh... I'm wondering. I'm wondering if that was the Mania Crawl group. It might have, it might have been. It might have been. That's what I'm saying. Like it was, it was literally like we would go, we were going from bar to bar, kind of doing, you know, that thing on Bourbon Street, and there was a group of guys that we saw consistently. So I'm wondering again. I'm gonna go through the pictures. It might be freaking awesome if if you're in the pictures. Like that would hey, be funny. like <laughs> yeah, like. Do you remember what bar it was? Do you remember or not? I, I how do I say this? I wasn't sober enough to remember what bars we went to. <laughs> yeah, that happens in New Orleans. <laughs> Especially because they're all like right next to each other. But I do remember our, my co-host there, Brandon, was wearing a big B&B shirt. And it said Black News Brandon. <laughs> and we got the group of guys to chant Black News Brandon. <laughs> yeah, that's there was a lot of chance. That, that might have been us. <laughs> yeah. Was, was there a guy with a gavel? Do you remember that? <sighs> Maybe I don't know. There's, a, <laughs> like, there's, been, there's been five of them. Like there's so many different costumes. That's right, the cool part true. too. We'll have a costume contest, which like gets over big time with the crowd. Cause usually we'll have the crowd decide the costume contest, but I've seen people dress up in anything you could think of. So I'll, I'll, yeah, there probably was a gavel at some point. I don't know. <laughs> Man, that's cool. That's, that's cool. It's, it's, it's a fun event. And, and if that was you, it looked fun anyway. So I can, I can endorse it just by saying, I've seen it and it looked amazing. <laughs> uh, hopefully we get to cross our fingers that we get to be a part of this and we'll definitely get the VIP package so that we can safely get from Hoboken to East Rutherford, New Jersey. <laughs> um, but guys, you know, let's talk a little wrestling this week. Have we all been, are we all caught up on wrestling? Yeah, no, I, uh, this is honestly probably the first week in a while where I sat through all three hours of uh, Monday Night Raw. So, nice. <laughs> are you excited for uh, Fastlane? Uh, I mean, I'm excited to see Kofi versus Dan O'Brien, for sure. I mean, you know. yeah. Do you think and they'll do a little title switch? No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. I just I think if they would if they would if they're gonna change the title, it would have either been at Elimination Chamber, which I was marking out for. I I thought he was winning. I really thought he was winning. Right. Or they would have 
you know, why would you not just save it for a WrestleMania? Right. I don't think you right. give Kofi the title now at Fastlane. That doesn't seem worth it. Right. And that's kind of, I'm conflicted, man. Cause like the same thing, watching that elimination chamber, which let's talk elimination chamber. I thought was a good pay-per-view for what it was. I was, I went with low expectations, but it actually was a really decent pay-per-view, but going into the, the WWE championship, um, it was cool because it's been a while since I felt that organic crowd participation. Like everybody was feeling like Kofi win this thing. We want you to win this thing. And it's been a while since we had a genuine reaction to someone like that. The last guy I can remember like that, ironically enough, is Daniel Bryan. Yes. I mean, I don't have to tell you because you were at in that Mania 30 crowd. The electricity in the air at WrestleMania 30 for Daniel Bryan was off the charts. He was the only guy, let's put this in perspective, the only guy that could have followed The Undertaker losing his streak because there was nobody that could come out and actually get the fans back up besides Daniel Bryan. Yeah, no, so, that's that's fair because I, I remember that there was like the energy was gone after Taker lost. It was like silent, and you're right. Yeah, no, everybody realized what we – why we all came there for was for Daniel Bryan. And you're right. You, there was a lot of that energy there at Elimination Chamber. And it was ironic because it was against Daniel Bryan where it was just like this guy where sort of came out of nowhere and just like now the crowd is behind him. And it, it felt like we could see something special. But, I mean, Daniel Bryan you know, obviously won. But uh, I was they, – they got me. I, I thought they were right. going to do it. And, and that's what I mean is like – there was, even though your common sense after what uh, you know, watching wrestling for years, you're like, ah, oh, Daniel Bryan's gonna win. At the same time, there's your heart's beating fast, and you're like, he may, he may get the win. Talking about Kofi, is very possible, and you want it, like you want it so badly. And it's been a while, man. It made me feel like a kid. It really did. No, yeah, no, but you're right. though. the way, the be- the best part about wrestling is like the wrestling is the best is when like you are there's any part of uncertainty and like you know because a lot of times it's pretty predictable and you could you know what's gonna happen but it's gonna lead to a good payoff but that match there was some uh, the element of uncertainty where you were like there this this could happen so I, I I but I do agree I think that that pay per view top to bottom was one of the best I've watched in a in a long time right even, even exactly. the women's chamber. Exactly. The women's chamber over delivered, but at the same time, it was, you know, I, you'd heard the rumors uh, during the day that Vince McMahon changed his mind that the women's chamber was supposed to main event and the WWE championship was supposed to go on first. I am so happy that they switched those because as good as the women's chamber was, it did not have the raw emotion of Kobe Kingston in that WWE championship. So he doesn't get enough credit. People like to shit on him, but they don't like to give him props. Props to Vince McMahon for making that hard decision because it's hard. That was your first, that your crowning of the women's tag team championships, and he made the call to put the WWE Championship last because he knew that reaction would happen. Yeah, I think I think that there was the right call to make because the women's match was excellent. I, I was shocked by how entertaining it was, and um, the I just don't I just don't think the finish would have gave you that level of excitement that. Kofi versus Brian, which I was pumped that that's the way that the, it played out because I wasn't sure if they were going to actually give us what we wanted. But yeah, that, that those two in the final really brought it to another level. Now, since these exactly. two are 
Yeah, well, uh, since these two are going at it at Fastlane, what do you think they'll have for Kofi to do at Mania? Well, uh, you asking me? Yeah, or just so, in general with both of you guys. Um, well, I, I mean, I think that this, it's time to split up the New Day. So, oh wow, I think I've heard gotta, rumors of that. I think I've you heard. gotta you do the turn at this match. You have it cost Kofi the match. Kofi doesn't have to lose clean to Daniel Bryan. And then you set up an awesome angle for WrestleMania. I mean, it writes itself. Right. And if if Kofi's not going to win the WWE Championship at WrestleMania, that is the route to go because it's going to be one of those things where, you know, and the rumor I hear is that Big E may turn on Kofi. That would make him the biggest heel in the business because you took away our moment. You took away what we wanted. That yeah. is a blood feud going into Mania. That I... I think that's a better scenario than him winning the championship only because it's kind of like one, I want to see that feud Two, the emotion involved in it. And three, Kofi can still be win the championship come like SummerSlam or something. You know what I mean? Um, so he still has a chance. They, they still can slot the title into that feud um, later on. Uh, that's just awesome, man. It, it's, it's an awesome scenario to think of Brandon. What do you think? I like it, man. Um, I'm not, I'm trying to think of what they could do with Xavier, but I I, I do kind of like the idea of having Biggie turn uh, on Kofi. Oh, Xavier Xavier can be conflicted. I mean, he he can be sort the, of in between the pawn the two. piece yeah. in there, right? In the pawn piece of like, how do I or choose between my brothers? He can yeah. rep it, yeah. But it's almost like you know you can have a scenario where you know whose whose side is he going to be on? You know, in the famous words of Bobby Heaton, whose side is he on? You know, yeah, I think you take Biggie and you have like a bitter, jealous, completely bitter and jealous that you know Kofi had this spotlight coming out of Elimination Chamber into Fast Lane, and that you know, e even in my opinion, I, I would say that Biggie has the most potential of the three of them, and you could have that you know, you you ride that, um, with the to drive the wedge between the new day that Biggie that was Biggie's moment that Kofi took. And then, you know, you could spin it like Biggie, you know, Biggie would have walked out of the chamber world champ, you know, but instead we gave it to Kofi and poor Kofi, veteran Kofi, you know, you haven't done anything <laughs> right. in 11 years, Kofi, you know, it's just, it's, it's so easy, but I, you know, it's anytime there's an easy thing to just tackle in WWE, it feels like they find a way to just avoid that route. <laughs> Now, I, I have faith in them nowadays just because of the, the direction that, that, you know, the, the shows are going. I mean, on Raw, we had all the NXT call-ups, which we'll get into. Speaking of, you know, surprising things that got us excited, like D. Bryan and uh, Kofi Kingston, how about Raw and SmackDown mixing it up a little bit and bringing in some NXT call-ups? I'm going to pose a question. What did we feel about Raw? All of us. Go ahead. Give me your opinions, guys. Yeah, uh, I it it was it was interesting. It was a different little setup. Um, the energy, I guess, in the building was a little weird. Uh, I suppose for you know a post pay per view show, but uh, I guess we'll see where it goes from here. It was it was uh, different seeing the NXT call ups, but you know, sort of cool at the same time. You know, sort of I guess teasing who might be coming up as we go along. All right, Jamie, what'd you think about it? 
Yeah, I, I thought I thought Raw was actually great. I know that the crowd was getting destroyed because they were so quiet, but I loved seeing the new faces. Um, and I thought the main event was awesome. I thought Ronda versus Ruby Riot absolutely delivered, and that match was way better than their match at Elimination Chamber. And it was cool to just see a great match, um, and the show with Ronda just looking like the badass she is. Um, the one thing that didn't make me feel weird was it, as cool as it was seeing the NXT guys come up, it was a little weird that these four NXT guys came up and they all won clean against main roster guys. And it just it just was a – I didn't mind it, but it was a weird way to set up like NXT and Raw dynamic to where like these guys just came in and steamrolled over these main roster guys with no problem. So that was – a interesting to me because i believe they did the same thing on smackdown they did um and and that's the that is a weird thing to book because it's like do you you know you, you have two scenarios it's like do you bury your raw roster or do you bury your nxt come up you know what i mean because you don't want them coming in and losing and, and and then not having momentum right out the gate you know so it's like it's you almost get pigeonholed into like what do you do and the rumor i hear go ahead i'm sorry because black beat um andrade right Andrade, yeah yeah he did. I, 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 he hate, did. I hate that i hate that i love andrade i love andrade like i i just think why would you you could bring black up the, that's an awesome match but also why give that away on free tv and why you know have andrade lose it just that that was weird that was a whole weird thing with the nxt part to me just you know but I, I love seeing these guys on TV. I'm curious if we're going to get that more often. Were you I bothered blamed, by – oh, sorry. I was going to say, I blame Zelina Vega because <laughs> she was conflicted. Her husband was in the ring fighting her client, Andrade. She didn't know what to do. The, you know, the funny part, I posted it on our story and uh, tagged her in it, and she didn't say anything, but she saw it. I saw that she was one of the viewers. <laughs> so I was like, you're paying attention to us, and I like that. So, Brandon, what were you going to say? I, I was going to ask if either of you were uh, bothered by the teaming up of Champa and Gargano. That one was weird to me. I will say, I will say, to me, uh, what was weirder is the SmackDown pairing of the two because they almost seemed babyface, like they were babyfacing it on SmackDown against the Bar. Yeah. On Raw, they were at least a little more true to what was going on in NXT, where they're like begrudgingly teaming up, I guess you could say. They know that they're better together than apart, but they don't want to say it. it but SmackDown was awkward to me, man. It, but at the same time, they're they're awesome enough that they made it work, except for the fact that, um, I don't know if you all saw it, but they went for, a, he went for a Project Ciampa, uh, obviously Tommaso Ciampa, and Sheamus like landed on his knee and his knee, uh, talking about Ciampa, his knee buckled really badly. And I was like, oh, great. Now the NXT champion is injured. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because it was just, it looked gnarly, but fortunately I hear he's okay, but we'll see. I, I think, you know, the, with the direction they're going to NXT with uh, the two of them together with DIY, that's that's cool. And it's a little weird in the NXT world because they've just got over killing each other. But I do think bringing them up together is really smart. I, I think that they would be a lot stronger coming up together and then eventually splitting up again rather than coming up individually because I do think that their size is going to be a challenge for them at first. Um, so I think them together, the way they booked them on Raw and SmackDown would be a smart way to bring them up if and when they do because I don't know if you guys watched, but uh, 
Gargano just lost the yeah. I was going to mention it. I was going to mention it if you didn't, which is, you know, uh, Gargano lost the title to Dream. I heard they shot two endings, so we didn't really know which one was going to air. But Gargano definitely um, lost the title to Dream, and they showed Champa up in the stands, kind of like shaking his head, no. Um, So the next tapings, just FYI, the tapings uh, were happening as this aired, and Gargano had come out without the championship anyway so we kind of got the hint of what was going on maybe i shouldn't spoil things for people on the podcast guys i'm sorry but they also came out to the diy uh graphic and song so i not to spoil anything guys now brandon were you laughing you don't even watch nxt anyway well here's what, well what i wanted to say was do you think sort of the the crowd reaction to the debuts hurt in any way or was it just or it was just a weird one-off no absolutely i think it hurt because i'm gonna say it like this right we have an amazing event before wrestlemania called mania crawl now can you imagine if everybody's sitting there sipping their beers and just going it would make the event seem bad and it's not a bad event it's a it's an amazing event where you get to sit drink beer be wrestling fans trivia you know you get to wear costumes but if the energy is not there, it can make even the best event seem bad. Yeah, That's right. kind of what I was getting at from NXT guys, which is like there was nothing against the NXT guys. Like Ricochet did amazing. Gargano uh, DIY in general did amazing. And Black did amazing. But the crowd was sitting on their hands. And it's like it really took away from the fact that like these guys are supposed to be the future and we can't even get the crowd to cheer for them. Yeah, I thought the Raw crowd was definitely disappointing. And the, the, there was a lot of funny memes out there about it, but yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're going to one. Was yours, the <laughs> quiet, was yours the quiet place? Guys, look, look check this out. Right yeah, here. That, that one was <laughs> it was uh, a quiet place wow. with the raw logo on it because I was like, you know, so how about that Lafayette crowd? And uh, you, you know, at the same time, you know, I play, I'll play devil's advocate here. You know, is it because we've had weeks of quote unquote lackluster product from WWE. So the crowd is sitting on their hands because their, their expectations are low as has it, is it that they've driven away the people who cheer the loudest and brought in people like Brandon who sit on their hands. I just think you're, it's just, it's just like a, a luck of the draw type deal. You're going to get a crowd that might be mostly family friendly. You know, you're not going to have mom and dad losing their minds, you know? So it just depends where you're at. You know, you go to Chicago, you're going to get, a different crowd so it's just you know and then you're gonna have a good role like that you know you have bad luck and meet with a crowd like you know like that one and it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna bleed through the tv and it, it, it did on monday yeah and it, it was funny because i had someone on our page when i posted the quiet place raw graphic he was like i was in the crowd and i don't know about you but it, it came across really bad in the arena. I don't know why it came across so good on TV. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And guys, look, you see Jamie shaking his head right now. You didn't see that. He's shaking his head. And you can't fool people like us. The three of us, for example, we've all been in crowds. I'm going to tell you, it's the exact opposite of what that man said. A lot of times it comes across better in the arena than it does on TV because the energy in the arena is always amazing when you're there live. So for someone to tell me that, oh, it came across better on TV than it did in the arena, I know you're full of shit because I've been to enough events. <laughs> Jamie, I know you've been to enough events to yeah. know 
you know, even 20, you tell me WrestleMania 29, it wasn't the best in retrospect, but I promise you were shouting your ass off at the oh, event. The, the crowd at WrestleMania 29 was insane. During CM Punk uh, Undertaker, that was, that was in, that was incredible. I just, it was like a sea of people on their feet. But the, the craziest time that same weekend was the next night, I was at the IZOD Center for the Raw after WrestleMania when, like, Ziggler. Yeah, with Ziggler. That Ziggler pop was. That that might be the craziest pop I've ever heard in my life. Uh, yeah, that that's up there easily, top five, no doubt. <laughs> wow, so that's right. Ziggler's up, big right? time. All right. Oh, I knew it. Ziggler's big time. Jackie for the bourbon. You heard it right here. This is Ziggler. Ziggler pop. All right. So, Jamie, what do you? Let me let me fill you in. Brandon's a Dolph Ziggler mark. I used to be a Dolph Ziggler mark, but I'm pretty much disenchanted with uh, Dolph Ziggler now because I'm like, oh, his time has passed, and I I think like he's, I don't know, I hate to say it, but I'm like, you know, he's resting on his laurels as much as he says, you know, oh, I want to be the best, I want to do this. I'm like, then you should go do something about it. I think he's coasting. I think that Dolph Ziggler, um, <clears throat> I think in 2000, what, the, that was 2013? 13. He he was great, and I popped. You know, I lost my mind. Everybody lost their mind for that. And I think the one thing in wrestling that isn't talked about enough, you know, maybe it is, but it is the ability to adapt and change your character over your career. And Dolph Ziggler – got stale and he never changed or adapted or really did anything with his character, you know, wore the same tights, same blonde hair, same theme song, same everything. When you, then you look at a guy like Daniel Bryan, who Thank went, because I was going to, I was going to talk about Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Who guy who went from being team hell no to, you know, the second coming of stone cold to, uh, a heel turn out of nowhere with a brand new character that just like gets under everybody's skin. And I think the ability to actually be so such a uh, face and then to be a successful heel is hard, especially when you look at um, guys like the rock and stone cold where they struggled to uh, really pull off a heel run after their mega right. mega runs as faces. Right. The two most talented guys in the business, arguably, could not be heels afterwards because they were so popular as baby faces. So exactly who I mentally I was going to was like Daniel Bryan. Like he understood that coming back from his injury, even though he could get another run with that yes movement character, he understood that the you know the time and the, the landscape of the business has changed. And that even though he was still getting a good reaction, it was nowhere near the reaction he was getting in 2014. So I heard, you know, he pitched like, hey, give me the, the ball. Let me do this heel character. And basically, he just said, let me be heel. And then he started filling in the blanks as the weeks went along. So it was not intended for him to be this, you know, WWE title being the hemp-based title and stuff like that. But he's just built upon it week after week. And, and again, kudos to him. I agree with you 100%. Like, that's a hard thing to do. And the thing is, you know, coming out of this heel run, his next face, when he turns face again, it's going to, you know, he'll be blowing the roof off the stadium with cheers because it just, it's, just a, it's just a natural way, like, people fall in and out of good heel and face runs. Right. Which is the, ebbs, the ebbs and flows of the business, if you will. Like, yeah. guys, you have to listen to that crowd and know, like, hey, time to turn heel. Okay, time to turn face. Now, don't do it like Big Show does it. 
because yeah. then we're in a, we're in a bad place. But yeah, definitely. But that's that, that's when you get the the backlash, like the Roman and the Cena, where people get tired of it because it's just like you're getting the same thing over and over, and it's almost similar to Dolph Ziggler, but you know they're not putting Dolph Ziggler on the main event closing every single show but it's the same thing same face gimmick nothing real different so yeah it takes a the best are the ones who adapt and change like like i think danny bryan and chris jericho definitely dude and i'm gonna give you credit man it sounds like you're really intelligent and you get the business so let's make this about you a little bit man i do want to get your backstory you're our guest on our podcast thank you for jumping on last minute also absolutely uh, so jamie you know, when did you start becoming a fan of the wrestling business? Well, very rarely do I meet anybody who like wasn't a fan when they were a child. Like I, I've met people, but it's most of the time you start liking wrestling and child. But I've so I've been watching wrestling since I was like probably ten, and uh, I think my my first WrestleMania I ever watched was WrestleMania seventeen. So I was extremely spoiled while watching probably arguably the greatest show of all time as my first WrestleMania. Um, and I, I've been watching ever since. It's just like something a lot of people don't get it. You know, I have a lot of friends who do like wrestling and the ones who don't, they just like, they, they don't get it. But it's either the thing where you you get it or you don't. And like, you, you know, the worst thing is when someone tells you like wrestling's fake. Like, yeah, no shit. No <laughs> shit, it is fake. So how do, how do you respond to that? How do you respond when someone looks you in the eyes? Especially, again, remember, I grew up <laughs> in New York. So I understand the type of people you dealt with How, when someone goes, ah, brother, the wrestling's fake, man. I don't know why you watch that shit. What do you say? Uh, <laughs> it's so many different reactions. Uh, like uh, most of the time, it's just like, well, it would be awful if it was real. Like, is, <laughs> of course it's fake. That's what makes it so great that, that, that like sometimes you're watching wrestling. You're like, this is so stupid. Like, I love it. Like, like this, oh, man. Yeah, you know the way I say it, and it always just makes people stop and like think about it. So use this the next time somebody tells you. I always go, "Oh, you hey, do you like you know Marvel movies and stuff like that?" They're like, "Yeah," and I was like, "You know Spider Man? You know the actor can't actually shoot uh, web out of his wrist. You know Superman can't fly. You understand Batman can't actually do those things." Like, so I well maybe Bat Batman actually pays for his superpowers. Anyway, but the point is, I always compare it to like movies and i always say i don't see you going into a movie jackass and saying oh that's just fake. fake yeah and you also I mean? it, i'm a huge yeah. i'm a huge football fan and i say it all the time i i would rather go to wrestlemania if i had a choice between wrestlemania every year and the super bowl every year i'm a huge football fan unless the giants are in the super bowl i, I, <laughs> I would go to guys the new york giants play in new jersey also again yes, damn it do. wwe That's damn it right. football you're killing me on this but sorry i cut you off i i would go to wrestlemania every year because even at the worst wrestlemania you're leaving there with some type of entertainment when then you look at football a great example is this past super bowl 13 to 3 you know it, for most <laughs> fans it wasn't as an enjoyable event and you know, it's, that was real. That was 100% real. Nothing fake about that. But, you know, when you add in some dead men and some, you know, some yes movement and some fireworks, it's all a hell of a lot more fun. Right. And I've taken people who have never, you know, they're, they're not wrestling fans. I've taken them to events and then seen their eyes light up and say, holy crap, I get it now. Yeah. Like, it's a completely different feel because you get the athleticism. 
but you also get your emotions played with, whether good or bad. And then, you know, at least back then, pyro, you know, it, it causes excitement. We, we won't get into pyro, Brandon. It'll probably make me emotional and I'll probably start crying on this podcast. But anyway, uh, the, you leave with a completely different emotion. Your heart's beating fast and you know you saw something good, even if it was the worst show in the world, which the worst show in the world I, I've ever, I've been to uh, the, what do you call it? The DX Court. You remember when they did DX Court back in 2009? I don't I was, know. It was like Hornswoggle, Little People's Court. There it is, Little yeah. People's Court. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I, I was at that show, and it was the worst show I've ever been to. So that's why I say, guy who told me that on TV it, it was better than it was in arena, you're a liar, because even that show was awesome in person. But then watching back, I'm like, oh, I can't believe we sat through Little People's Court. Actually, a yeah. friend of mine texted me. He's like, you're sitting through this crap right now, bro? <laughs> I, I was at No Way Out, like 2012, maybe. And it was like, I think it was John Cena versus John Laurinaitis. <laughs> it was just absolute garbage. But I remember me and my friends, we had such a great time. Like being there live definitely brings it to a whole different level. You could watch the most garbage thing that you'd probably turn off in your living room. That, and, right. But live, it's, it's a whole different experience. Exactly. So thank you for giving me proof that, oh my God, I got to chew this guy out on our, on our Instagram page, which is at a Kenny for your thoughts podcast guys. And if you're not following Jamie as well at Mania crawl, and then I don't know if you want to give out your personal, but uh, I probably not. Right. I mean, yeah, it's, there's no, nothing, nothing crazy going on my personal account. I rarely <laughs> post, but if you have Mania crawl on a uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, we're really active. I'm really active on Twitter with our updates. So, yeah, if you're looking to come to our event, I would definitely follow us on social media. And if you're not looking to come to his event, what's wrong with you? For the love <laughs> of God, please go to Mania Crawl because it's going to be awesome. Like, I'm glad. Honestly, I'm so glad you messaged us to let us know about the event because I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to be there. <laughs> so I appreciate that on a personal level, man. But uh, back into, you know, asking you questions. Um what is your favorite? Like, what's the moment that sticks out to you? Favorite moment in wrestling history? Oh, that's hard. Like, as a f- like match. I'll, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you two. Tell me one uh, on TV, and then tell me one that you've experienced live. Live would definitely be uh, Seth Rollins cashing in in uh, yes Santa Clara. Yes. That, that was that was one of the most unbelievable moments. Uh, that that was my favorite moment live, I think. And I even the girl I was dating at the time was with me, and she wasn't a huge wrestling fan. But me and my friends are losing my mind, our minds. And even her, a super casual wrestling fan, was losing her mind. I remember just thinking, like, this is so freaking nuts. Like, everybody knows what's about to happen. And just, like, the second he hit that curb stomp and, you know, it was similar. You know, Ziggler's up there, but that being the main event of WrestleMania was – that was unreal. It's funny. I mean, the, uh, the same thing. I remember being there live, and the girl I was dating at the time, uh, Brandon, uh, who was actually a casual fan as well. <laughs> um, yeah, Brandon. Brandon completely unglued at that time, and I don't know if you can tell. You know, I mean, you're you're staring at him this whole podcast. Brandon's a pretty subdued individual, <laughs> and then like completely just jumped out of his seat you know and it, it, it i can't describe i mean it's so cool to have someone else who understands too on this yes. podcast right now but the feeling of anticipation 
during that match of like, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? And then finally his music hits and it's just like every, I almost, I almost want to say like, and it's horrible, but I compare it to an orgasm, right? Like on reactions, right? Because it's like, it was building, building, building. And then it was like release. Oh my God, it's actually happening. And uh, it was the greatest thing. It was the only moment. Um, were you at 33 yeah. in Orlando? Yeah. The only other reaction I think to the Hardys. Compares, the Hardys, thank you. Yeah. Because same thing, my girl uh, that's sitting there next to me, Brandon, uh, he mm. completely, <laughs> he was like a teenager all of a sudden. Right? Isn't that right, Brandon? Describe your experience when the Hardys came out. Yeah, and hell, I mean, when Seth yeah. Rollins came out too. I mean, well, definitely when the Hardys came out, it was just, you know, a mark out moment of the night sort of thing. You know, that just brings you back to all those warm and fuzzy feelings of like watching Team Extreme. And uh, it was cool that after all this time, you know, they'd been away and now they were back in and coming out, you know, mania. It's a big moment. Super excited. It's marking so out, funny. man. I had to mark out. I was gonna say it's so funny how you're like, uh, it was exciting. Like, uh, like you almost sound like you didn't really care, but then like I remember what it was like being there in person when you just completely exploded out of your seat. It's just night and day, uh, guys. Next time something like this happens, I'm gonna record it for you <laughs> so that you, because I know no one believes me that Brandon raises his volume above like this. So you know, the crazy, Brandon, the couch. crazy yeah. thing with the, that moment was we. My buddies and I, if you watched the Hardy documentary, the, the was a WWE 24 documentary, I think, for the Hardys. Yeah, Woke, woke in the we, Hardy Boys. Yeah, we, we're we on that documentary. Like, <laughs> they got, they caught right. our reaction to the Hardys' return. It was like, it was. I'm going to have to watch that afterwards. But actually, yeah. funny you mentioned that because I forget that we're in a WWE 24 as well, Brandon. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not even joking. Uh, is it, it's either WrestleMania 32 or the Women's Evolution or both. But there's a shot where they show the Sasha Banks girl, as we affectionately called her. We were talking to her and her family all night. They show her like holding up her sign, and you can see me in the background, like going like, "Yeah, like, I'm literally just right behind this girl the whole night." And so you see us in there, and then you see Brandon on his like literally just like. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I'd look cool. So, right, Brandon's always always got to look cool at WrestleMania. Yeah. But uh, while I'm marking out. But so, so I want to let you know that this is a podcast full of people who have been on WWE 24. Yeah, we're That's freaking awesome. insanely famous now. Right. I, I'm going to have to put that in the name of the episode. Hashtag WWE 24. Yeah. Featured guys who in the background. <laughs> yeah, see if you guys can find the timestamps so we can just fast forward right to it. Yeah, we'll get some screenshots of it. Yeah. Like, we'll biggest moments in our lives. <laughs> we'll put it like right here. Watch. Boom. We'll put the screenshots up there. Uh, now I've just like relegated myself to having to find the screenshots. During <laughs> so I'm going to be up all night, guys. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, Jamie, uh, so you were saying that's your favorite live moment. What's your favorite moment, you know, not being there in person, your favorite maybe childhood memory? Favorite match is probably like Triple H Undertaker WrestleMania 28. Yes. Hell oh, yeah. Self. That Brady, was you like, weren't there at that one. So I was, I'm a huge Undertaker, Mark. So like, Seeing that live, like that was awesome. WrestleMania 28, watching on TV, was awesome in itself. But yeah, like that match, I thought Undertaker was going to lose. Like that pedigree, the sweet chin music, and then Shawn Michaels with the count, I thought it was over. So I think that match, you know, that that was awesome, dude. It that match is why WrestleMania 30 was so heartbreaking, especially because you 
again, you understand this more than anybody. You were in that 28 crowd. When Shawn Michaels hit that sweet chin music, we all in that stadium collectively thought the streak was over. Yeah. As soon as that moment happened, it was just like, oh, my God. Like the feeling of like, oh, my God, I'm here to see the streak end because there is no way that's not the finish to the match. And then it wasn't. Oh, my God. It, the, the whole stadium, just the collective like, like, I can't believe that happened. I, so, it's, it's hard. I know I'm, I'm struggling to find the words, but the feeling is just indescribable. The opposite to that was funny when I was sitting, literally sitting, in the Superdome for WrestleMania 30. Brock Lesnar hit his third F5. I was sitting, and I just turned to my friend, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, I was going to kick out of three F5s. <laughs> I'm like, this is insane. Who has ever kicked out of three F5s? And then he didn't. And I was, I was like, what? <laughs> I could not believe it. I was confident. I was like, I just blew we it all up. Were. Like, I was like, we I all can't were. believe he's – I literally said, I can't believe he's about to kick out of three F5s. We were sitting there as well, obviously, at 30. And, again, it was – I remember – Brandon, tell me if I'm lying here. I remember it happening, and I literally was not paying attention to the match. Because I was so like gone, I was like, "Oh, he's gonna kick out." Same thing as you. I'm like, "Oh, he's gonna kick out," and then I, and then all of a sudden, it occurs to me that the bell rang, and I kind of look at Brandon and I go, "They messed up." I literally was like, I told Brandon just like, "Oh, like I, I was in denial." It's like the stages of of death and grief, right? Yeah. I was like, "Yeah, they messed up. They, they they messed that up, right?" And then it was again the epiphany of like the realization, I should say. When they threw up the twenty-one and one, and I was just like, "No, no way!" Yeah, because I as didn't play the music for like f- like five minutes, and everybody's <laughs> Dude, like, "What's going awkward. on?" Yeah, right, and crazy. it was just like again, I compare it like to a funeral because it was just this awkward like pause of like, I don't know what to say or do. I don't know if this is real. I don't know if this is happening. And then they throw up the graphic of twenty-one one, and we're like, "Holy shit, this actually is happening." So believe me when I say, I know they showed many people on the WWE network with the reaction, especially the one dude that was like, like just eyes bugging. That was the reactions they showed. If I could just take my whole section and throw them on the WWE network, you, you would have seen some crazy, crazy reactions because the whole stadium looked like that. That was one of the craziest moments I've ever seen in like all of live entertainment, not even just wrestling, just anything live. That was, it was a weird vibe through the whole superdome where it was just like quiet it was like everybody's like what like that that was weird that was a weird weird moment that was the weirdest feeling i've ever had as a wrestling fan because being there live and and again you can attest to this i have never heard Eighty thousand people go silent at the same time it was literally to the point where like you could hear like you know the saying is you could hear a pin drop I've never understood that saying until the uh, Undertaker lost his streak because it's true. You could hear like, like you could hear everything next to you. Nobody was saying anything. Nobody was doing anything. Not one person pulled out their phone. It was just literally like staring in disbelief at what happened. And I can never describe that feeling to people. I always say like this though. I always say that was the most real thing that we had for a, a, as wrestling fans for like a record. Like, you know, football teams have records and stats and things like that. It was the realest thing we had, and we all collectively lost it, and we couldn't believe it. So, 
Yeah, I was angry uh, at the moment, but I do, in hindsight, you know, as that year went on, I thought it was great because I thought what they did with Brock Lesnar heading from there all the way to WrestleMania 31 was gold. So at the time, I was like, why would I was so angry? Why would you give it to Brock Lesnar? Like, why would you not give it to like, give the rub to someone who needed it? But actually, they wound up giving this rub to Brock Lesnar, who now looking back, you know, what is it, five years has really been a centerpiece for the company. And before right. that WrestleMania, he really wasn't. He was just this guy who came back and was just having these matches. He lost to Cena. He lost to Triple H. Right. People he's, forget that. He was, he was losing to Triple H and Cena at previous WrestleManias. <laughs> they were, they forget that. Yeah, like he had a, an awesome match with CM Punk. Um, it wasn't like all the suplexes and like, but that that match, um, that match, it's, it sounds weird to say, but I think it took Brock Lesnar to another level to where He's main evented like two WrestleManias since then, right? Yeah, he, both the Roman, and he's yeah. gonna main event a third probably. And and we've come full circle because you know uh, Brock, you know, beat Undertaker for the uh, or beat Undertaker WrestleMania, defeated the streak, and then uh, the next year Seth Rollins cashed in uh, when he was facing Roman, and now we have this year Seth Rollins facing Brock Lesnar again so we've come full circle in the whole grand scheme of things which is kind of weird you know what i mean so not only was brock lesnar made during that moment but seth rollins was made in that moment too seth rollins can attribute to his success directly to brock you know defeating the undertaker at wrestlemania 30. yeah here we are you know going into new york new jersey as they market it <laughs> um and seth rollins might win the wwe universal championship from Brock Lesnar. So and, cool. and correct me if I'm wrong. The one weird thing is I feel like they have not mentioned that at all yet, right? You see, have they mentioned they have not. They have not. And I, and I hate when they the reason that. the reason I'm mentioning it is because I listened to Edge and Christian's podcast that had Seth Rollins on it, and he was talking about it coming full circle. So the performer himself was talking about it, but WWE hasn't really mentioned yet that like it's kind of come full circle. So yeah, because they I mean they had that match and then then, then they had the match at, I don't remember what the name of that pay-per-view was. but Battleground they, or something. Battleground, yeah, yeah, Battleground. Yeah. And then Undertaker came back. That was awesome. That was that continuity and that return was that sick. was <laughs> That was unexpected. I don't care what anybody says. Like I know there were reports that Undertaker might come back, but it was just like, remember, Undertaker hadn't been seen since. I marked out. I marked out. <laughs> yeah, I did too. I did too. And it was just like, I don't care. Like people can sit there and go, well, Undertaker's washed up. He's this, he's, he's I'm going to look everybody in the eyes. He's the fucking Undertaker. Yeah, but he wasn't Respect washed. He wasn't that. washed up then really. You know what I mean? It wasn't, he's, right. he's a little rough around the edges now, but at that time he was still, he was still good. And him coming back, it was like a year and a half later with no mention of Brock Lesnar, just coming back and being like, no, it's time. It was like some game of level. Game of Thrones level shit where it was like, <laughs> holy shit, Undertaker's back and he wants Brock. Like, it's been like 18 months and now he's like, no, I'm back and I'm pissed. Like, that was an awesome right. moment. And also remember also under, I remember that Undertaker, uh, in people's minds, was relegated to Mania at a point. He was doing the one a years at Mania. Yeah. So for him to get another run at... Like, listen, we couldn't even remember the name of the event, Battleground, because we were not expecting that. For him to go into that and go into SummerSlam, we were not expecting that run. We were not expecting Taker to come back on a regular basis like that. So, uh, I mean, there's rumors that he's retired now. So to get that final run for Undertaker was freaking awesome. That was going into, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't that going into his like 2050 year 
So they were doing like that anniversary yeah. at Survivor Series. So You're right. we had one, we had one long stretch of the Undertaker being back, and I don't know about you all, but I appreciated a lot of it. I was stoked to see him uh, with Kane, stoked to see him face Brock Lesnar, things like that. Uh, were you, such were you at a, Were you at the, that SummerSlam with Brock versus Taker? I have never actually been to a SummerSlam, admittedly. Really? Wow. Yeah, uh, I kind of want to because I know now, it's like many of yeah, but now they're out of. They're not coming back to New York now. I think they're in Toronto next year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but luckily for me, I have family in Toronto too. So That's <laughs> hey, nice. I might have, I might have free room and board, and just tell people like, "Hey, I came to visit you all." I'm gonna go check out this right. this, this cool art gallery Sunday night. <laughs> <laughs> this is an art gallery on on Sunday, but hey, uh, no, don't come with me. I don't want you all there, um, <laughs> Brandon. Yes, You're pretty uh, much sleeping on this podcast right now. You got any questions for Jamie over there? Yes, I do, Jamie. Uh, actually, I want to know. So, like, how drunk do you get before the shows? Uh, <laughs> the pub crawl. Like, are you, are, you, are you feeling pretty good? Like, once you actually get hey, to hey, the event? Put some respect on that event's name. It's Mania yeah. Crawl. It's I not am. just a pub crawl. Yeah, for the Mania Crawl, right. Usually, no, nah, I don't, actually. Honestly, I don't. Some, there's been a few years where, you know, I've – had more drinks than others, but most of the time I'm pretty sober. I might have a beer or two, but I'm just usually focused on making sure everything runs smoothly. Um, you know, and typically the one nice thing is the only time I do have a beer is most people will go around buying me beers and then I'll just have a beer in my hand. But yeah, typically I'm making sure everything runs smoothly. Everybody, the costume contest goes down the way it is. We've moved to the next bar. You know, so usually I, I, I save the drinking for in the stadium and then pay like $12 a beer. <laughs> so listen, Mania Crawl folk. All right. You get this man a beer in the stadium, <laughs> get him feeling good. He's going to enjoy the matches. Right, guys. Guys, he's babysitting you and making sure you get to Mania safely. So the least you can do is get him a beer at the stadium when he, when you are no longer his responsibility and he can actually enjoy a drink. Yeah, because even if you do drink like before the event, then it's like a seven-hour event. You'll just crash in the middle, <laughs> so it's easier to just get get it going. You know, get the beer going in the yeah. beginning, and then you know by the time the main event comes, you're feeling great. <laughs> now, do you do you have like a? Ahead, yeah, I was wondering if you had like a Brock Lesnar type guy that sort of just makes it to all the mania crawls. Oh, we have yeah. No, we do. Yeah, well, we have nice. like I can't even count how many people that come that wait, are like. Wait, hold up, Jamie, I gotta cut you off because he managed to sneak Brock Lesnar guy, who he for some reason is a fan of. <laughs> he managed to sneak Brock Lesnar guy into the conversation. I'm almost offended that you're answering the question because I don't even want you to dignify that with an answer. <laughs> He's making this mania crawl about Brock Lesnar guy. No, so Brock Lesnar guy- I, I understand the, the, the yeah. question though. We do have like that, like a, there's, um, there's a guy who comes every year. He's awesome. I was just talking to him recently about our plans. Cause he's also from New York. He comes as Rick Martel and like <laughs> everybody knows like, but like, that's such a, like an awesome guy to pick like he comes as rick martell every year he's got the spray squirts oh, people with perfume comes with the arrogance yes like that's, yes. that's, that's awesome he squirts everybody with arrogance um and you know and then we'll we'll have like there's this group of guys that come from the uk and 
they come over and they're dressed up every year. And like, there, there are like some certain people like our Brock Lesnar guy that would, you know, come and dress up at the same thing every year, or different guys. But yeah, no, the best part is the costumes. I don't dress up. <laughs> I don't dress up personally. Because you got to stay professional, right? You yeah. Gotta, like, a, you yeah. know, God forbid something happens and I got to deal with a bar manager. And I'm, <laughs> the, the last I'm, thing you want to do is up be as, dressed in like little tidy witties, like the Ultimate Warrior or something while yeah. talking to this bar manager. Yeah, I got, I got the Ultimate Warrior face paint on with a wig and I'm just like <laughs> trying to be taken real seriously. Like, like let me tell you something, brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My maniac troll fans, <laughs> like kick right. the door down. <laughs> Have you guys ever, as a, as, a, as a group, ever gotten too rowdy or anything like that? Like, yeah, no, no, honestly, and I and I, I'm completely honest. That's yeah. the one knock on wood. The the we have not had one incident through the five years, and that's the thing is a lot of people we we got a lot of. A lot of like, you know, the internet's filled with trolls and, you know, negativity and toxic people. And we had a lot of bad, you know, feedback about like, oh, but this is a great idea. Get real drunk before WrestleMania and not remember anything. But the thing is like Mania Crawl is a bar crawl because everybody wouldn't meet us at the local library before WrestleMania and have a good time. So it's natural to go to a bar, have drinks before an event. It's not really a, a about the drinking it's more about the environment the excitement the crowd everybody's losing their mind all the chants the costumes and we've luckily had no incidents over the five years uh at least that i was that was brought to my attention at least but yeah no there's been no incidents and it's just a great time even some people come they're not even drinking so fantastic See, let me let me defend you there especially because i've dealt with it you know since we've started up this podcast i mean the type of people who say those things to you they're not going to show up to your event anyway no. because bluntly they're not social people they're sitting in the rooms and they're kind of just wanting to be toxic yeah. kind of like brandon um but <laughs> <laughs> but no in all seriousness i mean i've dealt with it like already you know people are like oh yeah your stupid podcast yeah everyone has a wrestling podcast well guess what our wrestling podcast is different because, like you said, we want positive vibes on this podcast. We want to have a positive take on the business. We don't want to sit there and just talk about – you listen to some of these podcasts, and it's just like, yep, Raw sucked, and Raw was absolutely atrocious, and WrestleMania is going to be horrible, and this, this, and this. I'm sounding like a certain person right now already, and I, I don't want to call out his name, but that's, that's to show you that's what makes your Mania crawl, your pub crawl before Mania different. Because you're bringing people together who are actually fans, who actually want to have fun. Like you said, people don't actually, some people don't drink at this. And that's yeah. it. the point is, you don't have to drink. You know, I've shown up to bars and, and hung out with the best people and not had a sip of beer. You know, that's not to say I don't drink. It just depends on the day and time. But I just, close to you, man, because again, you know, I can't say it enough, can't stress it enough. Mania Crawl, guys, maniacrawl.com, follow them on social media. And show up at this event. And if you show up at this event, for love of God, tag us in your photos too. Because I want to see every single one of you that went to Mania Call. Tag hit, tag Jamie as well in your photos. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I mean, I appreciate it. Yeah, the, that's, the, that's the biggest thing. I mean, it's awesome. You know, the great thing is we raise money for charity. But the, the, the favorite part is when someone comes up to me and says, like, hey, like, this is my – favorite part of wrestlemania weekend and like this is something i look forward to and that's what we're trying to do we're trying to create an event that um you know will be a staple of wrestlemania weekend like you think like hey minute wrestlemania weekend you know i gotta do raw i gotta do wrestlemania wrestlecon and i gotta hit mania crawl before wrestlemania so that's what we're trying to do so 
each year it gets bigger. So hopefully, uh, you know, we're able to keep this going. For Six as, uh, will be the big yet, man. I can I can tell already, man, because the New York so. crowd is crazy as shit. The yes. New York, New Jersey people, oh man, I that's going to be a different crowd completely. But speaking of WrestleMania staples for, or WrestleMania weekend staples, so what are we thinking about, guys? Because the Hall of Fame, uh, we got the first inductees announced this year. So I want everyone's thoughts on this. D-Generation X going into the Hall of Fame this year. What are we thinking? Brandon, let's start off with you. Hey, man, I got two words for you. Let's suck it, man. I'm, I'm ready. I'm excited. You said that was three words because you said let's suck it. <laughs> that, was, that was the weirdest way I've ever heard anybody like DX. <laughs> like, hey, let's suck it. <laughs> yeah, let's suck today's dick, guys. Let's suck it, <laughs> What guys. are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> Redeem yourself, Brandon. Go ahead. Keep going. Look, I'm, I'm excited about that as well. And I'm also excited that China is potentially getting in the fame now, uh, which I think, you know, she belongs, man. It just legitimizes, you know, the Hall of Fame uh, even more. Yeah, I agree. Right. All my thoughts on that one, but Jamie, you you know. Yeah, no, I, I agree about China. The one thing I, I, I feel weird about with DX on the Hall of Fame is like Triple H going to the Hall of Fame with DX before he goes in by himself. So I'm really hoping he doesn't give much of an acceptance speech so that he could save that for, you know, when his real time comes to enter the Hall of Fame. I'm glad you pointed that out because I got a couple of things to say. Both of you said stuff I want to touch on, which is I think it's cool that every member of DX sans Rick Rude, because I know a lot of people are like, well, Rick Rude didn't go in, but Rick Rude, I don't really consider him one of the DX forefathers, even though he was there for a short time. I'm really glad that all of these guys are going into the, the Hall of Fame together uh, and China, especially. I think it was the most creative way of getting China in there. Um, while simultaneously, like, you know how much it's going to mean for Sean Waltman, X-Pac to go in with her, you know, obviously they were an item, you know, um, before she had her problems and actually while she had her problems, but Billy Gunn's going in, which let's give a shout out to Billy Gunn. He's the first AEW superstar to be inducted into the WWE hall of fame guys. Yeah, that's, <laughs> he that's doesn't even exist yet. That is interesting. He's an agent for AEW. If no one knows he was at the last event in Las Vegas, but road dogs going in and, it's funny a lot of people are saying this. They're like, oh, well, Triple H is going in, blah, blah, blah. Screw him. And I'm like, guys, I think it's the coolest thing that he is putting his stuff aside. And he's like giving up his Hall of Fame in, in you know, induction, essentially, just like Jamie was saying. And it's like, he's actually going into the Hall of Fame with DX. Like that's almost demeaning to his singles career because he had such a good singles career. So for him to get become a Hall of Famer based off of the group is selfless of the man. It is absolutely selfless because again, it was a way to get, you know, especially China into the Hall of Fame. Now, the one thing I wanted to touch on, a lot of people are like, well, China should have gone in uh, by herself. That this is disrespectful. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> like guys, like get the toxicity out of your system. Because let me tell you what it is. China unfortunately passed away in 2016. The last thing you want to do is have just her inducted by herself. Her father or parents go up on the stage and they just read some speech about China and say, thank you for the honor, guys. I appreciate it. Blah, 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 blah. And go. Because Brandon, we've sat through people who have unfortunately passed away when they've gotten inducted posthumously. And it's 
kind of awkward when the non-wrestling family comes up and talks. Would you agree? Yeah, I think it's better if it's other wrestlers. I think people you know that exactly. actually should work with yeah in the state. Exactly, it's gonna mean so much more when Triple H, when Road Dog, when Billy Gunn and X Pac are all up there telling stories about what China meant to the business. It's gonna like I'll say it like this: Dare I say China is going to be smiling when all of this is happening because it is the best way to pay tribute to her. Okay, so I know, guys, everyone is like, okay, do this singular induction, but you're looking at it from a Hall of Fame perspective and not looking at it from a ceremony and a respect perspective, which ultimately is what you should be focused on. Yeah, I I think uh, Triple H should go in actually two more times, uh, again as the game Triple H and then as the King of Kings. So three times Hall of Famer. (laughs) Do you mean mean like him as... In evolution, or do you like what do you mean by that? I mean, he might need to go in four times. You never know. <laughs> so, guys, I think this is a good time to give a shout out to our sponsors, WrestleCrate. Please use code SAVEKENNY for 20% off of your first WrestleCrate. You can get some good items, uh, shirts, and stickers that you can wear to Mania Crawl. So, definitely get your wardrobe going before Mania Crawl. That way, when you show up, you don't have to talk to bar managers like Jamie does. All right. So definitely get your wrestle crate, guys. <laughs> Brandon, you, what are you going to show up uh, dressed at at Mania Crawl? Oh, man. You know what? Maybe as the uh, the black taker. <laughs> oh, Mike. Thank you for no? not saying the name. Thank you for not saying the name on air because he does go by a little bit of a different name, not just not black taker. But oh, okay. I was going to say I thought you should show up as the Night Wonder of the World China. Hey, that's not a bad idea either. <laughs> I, luckily for you, I got the booty shorts on the way. We had a, hey. we, had, we had two guys last year with the like the biggest beards, and they showed up as the Bell Twins. It was great. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. I can see Brandon doing something like that. I'm down, show Brandon. When Mandy you, Rose. you want to dress up? You'll show up as Mandy Rose. Yeah. Uh, I'll show up as Naomi. Fantastic. It'll be confusing. <laughs> So we're, we're bringing it back in here. This sounds pretty exciting. Um, definitely with the Mania Crawl. Uh, I also, I, I kind of wanted to ask one more thing. You said you guys uh, did some uh, work for Connor's Gear. So I was wondering who you got, you know, get to interact with. Did you get to meet any other, you know, talent or, you know, any of the actual Connor's Gear, you know, kids or anything like that? No, well, mostly we just we have like representative that we talk with, and then we'll put our donation in um, after our event. But we'll raise money through we sell. Um, this year we're selling t-shirts, um, crew neck sweatshirts, hoodies, long sleeve shirts. Um, all that money will go back to um, the charity. Um, and then of course we're doing that VIP bus pass where you'll get a t-shirt, a koozie, um, and then a private bus. You know, spot on a private bus to head to WrestleMania. Um, you know, the proceeds of that, you know, obviously we have to cover the cost of the bus. Um, the proceeds will go to Connor's Cure as well. And then we do, we collect cash donations at the event, and then you can donate directly um, on the Eventbrite page when you sign up for Main Air Crawl. Um, so all that money together, we get, you know, we send it back to Connor's Cure. Last year we raised like, I think like $2,100. Yeah. So that was That's cool, awesome. but you know we really would love to get that number way, way higher than that. So each year we're trying to build on that, but 
yeah, so that's why we're trying different things to do, like the bus the bus package, because you know, one, it would be helpful for people. It's things we've heard in the past, but two, that's a good way to raise money for the cause and try to, you know, add more legs to it. Because the one thing I'm trying to avoid is to have anything where you have to pay to come to Manor Crow. I would like to keep forever keep that something where it's free to come. You know, but maybe we could find ways to raise money with different packages uh, to make your experience at Manor Crow, you know, better than. Uh, you know what the free version would be, which is just attending. But you now the free version kicks ass as well. So, you know. so I'm I'm looking at maniacrawl.com right now while we're talking, and uh, guys, the link is right there. Buy a shirt, and it takes you to the Teespring page where you can purchase the Mania Crawl Six. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you if you're not coming from New York, New Jersey, and you're not uh, familiar with the Northeast, you might not want to buy a T-shirt. You might want to actually go and buy one of the hoodies, one of the sweatshirts. Because it will be cold. Yeah, that's <laughs> WrestleMania. That's why we added them this year because I was like, I'm not sure we're going to sell a lot of t-shirts. Typically we will, but you know, New Orleans, Orlando, it's a lot warmer. But I think I even put in there, I'm like, I yeah, I put now available in hoodies, crew neck sweatshirts, and long sleeve t-shirts. It's going to be cold in the Northeast come April 7th. <laughs> right. Fantastic. Right. So. So, guys, you don't want to put on your T-shirt and have to cover it up with a jacket. Just get the hoodie. That way you can stay nice and warm and advertise Mania Crawl 6. That way everyone's going to be ready for Mania Crawl 7 the next year, which I might see you in Tampa, buddy. I hear the rumor is that uh, – so we're based out of Tampa, if I haven't told you that. But I hear the rumor is that WrestleMania might be coming next year to Tampa, Florida. So I might see really? you in my neck of the woods. Yeah. And really? then you'll be selling – you'll be selling uh, – wife beaters of the shirt because it'll be so freaking hot that nobody will even want to wear clothing to WrestleMania. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And we should definitely maybe, you know, mania crawl to 2001, maybe mods, you know, we'll make those rounds. Okay. So Brandon's now naming strip clubs. So let's, let's end the conversation. (laughs) there. (laughs) Well, guys, um, you know, I do want to thank my guest or I, I should say our guest here. Jamie, thank you so much for joining us, man. No, this no, has no. been one of my the favorite. Guest, ladies and gentlemen. The, guest. the guest. I was going to say, this has been one of my, if not my favorite episodes so far. I uh, did want to thank you for coming on. And right before we go, did you want to plug, did you want to plug Mania Crawl one more time, buddy? Tell, yeah, tell man, everybody I mean, where uh, Everybody's welcome to join Mania Crawl. It'll be April 7th, Hoboken, New Jersey, before WrestleMania at MetLife Stadium. Visit ManiaCrawl.com. Follow us at Mania Crawl on all social media um and if you're interested in some gear we're selling it on our website and uh we're offering vip packages that include some t-shirts some koozies and a private bus will get you right from mania crawl to the glorious beautiful amazing metlife stadium (laughs) all right jamie thank you so much for jumping on our episode uh especially last minute man this was so much fun it's like four in the morning or whatever the hell it is right now when we're <laughs> recording because it, we've, we've just had so much good conversation i can't thank you enough we will see you at mania crawl because i'm i'm definitely making it uh to new jersey now so thank you so much no problem man thanks for having me yes right, sir man that brandon that was freaking awesome jamie jamie's an awesome dude man he uh oh yeah oh man i can't say good things enough good things about that interview but uh guess we should also you know talk a little bit more about wrestling uh that happened this week it was such a good week in professional wrestling man i mean did you realize i want to hit you with this stat brandon did you realize that the last time the wwe 
title main evented was March 11, 2018. Wow, it's been a while. Well, even more interesting is the last time the WWE uh, title main evented a co-branded pay-per-view was July 24th, 2016. Whoa. Well, you know you what? Know what just, you know what I'm realizing, though? Is, yeah. Wasn't that Battleground? Because that might have been an event we went to. Hold no, on. wait. WWE, I, I, Battleground 2016, the greatest event in pro wrestling yeah, history. Yeah, I wanted to ask you because uh -huh. you it actually was. I just <laughs> no, no, I just searched it. It was Battleground 2016. Uh, oh, no, uh, no, crap. No, that oh, was it. The one uh, we went to. Uh, 2015, we went. No. Did we went to 15 or did we go to 4? Which one did we yeah. go to? You got a 14? That's how yeah. shitty Battleground. No, wait, wait, hold on. I got a question. Which was the worst of it? The Battleground? Oh my went God, to... it was. Wait, wait, wait. It was yeah. 2014, first of all. It was oh, that okay. long ago. Nice. Yeah, but go ahead. Go ahead. Which yeah, was what was event? worse? Battleground 2014 or Little People's Court? Uh, definitely Battleground 2014. Dang, because... he's a hater. No, a hater. because it was just <laughs> matches upon matches upon matches. At least. Um, the little people's court was the first episode Sheamus was the WWE champion for. So remember that shocking, like he won the WWE title at TLC. At least I had that coupled with little people's court. Whereas the pay-per-view was just like match after match after match. And it sucked. Oh, it was so <laughs> terrible. Do you remember at that event, Naomi faced Cameron? I'm just going to leave it right there. That was, that was beautiful there. Cameron was the drizzling shits and that, no disrespect to Actually, her. Actually, Cameron, if you're out there, if you'd like to <laughs> defend yourself against this baseless attack <laughs> from the host of the show, <laughs> please, by all means. I have a question for you. Things, Speaking of things that baffle me, like your liking of Cameron, you ever notice that when people, when wrestlers stare at the TV, and here I'm going to do this, you ever <laughs> notice that on the, when they show them watching TV, they're always like this? <laughs> yeah, it's a little uncomfortable. But if you're not watching the video version, you have no idea what I'm doing. So definitely yeah. go on YouTube and watch. Because they literally stand there and they look up at the TV and it's it's the most baffling thing I've ever seen because I'm like, no one watches TV like that. Yeah. Unless you're Brandon Brown. <laughs> wow. wow, is that where this was going? That's, that's how Brandon watches TV at my house. And Brandon showed it. You know, I do look at it from an angle. That's because it's a comfortable part of the couch. So it's like, what the hell? I might as well. It's a comfy seat. I'm more dead inside right now listening to you talk than the crowd at Raw. <laughs> wow, man. <laughs> now we're going to give the crowd some love, you know? No. At all? No. They were comatose. They were socially comatose, and it baffled me. I will never go to Lafayette just based off of that interaction. Oh, man. Look like laughing. they seriously like someone needed to get them like a freaking gallon of coffee each so that they could get like the reactions up. Now wait, did they like give away a bunch of tickets or something to that show? Speaking of coffee, Brandon. Oh yeah, ethosroasters.com. Use code. What's the code? Don't sleep. <laughs> like the crowd in Lafayette, Louisiana, wow. at the Cajun Dome. Use code. Don't sleep. So you don't have to be as silent as that crowd was. Definitely use it at ethosourcers.com. That's in addition to free shipping on orders over $35. Lafayette, Louisiana, for the love of God, order some ethos coffee before the next event. 
The internets have not been kind to the lovely people of Lafayette. They were not kind to my ears, is why the internets have not been kind. I'm ranting. I'm ranting like JD from New York. The original, by the way. Not AC from New York. The original JD from New York. <laughs> it's awful. That's awful. Wait, well, speaking of which, that same show, how about Boss and Hug showing the titles off? I think we'd be remiss if if we didn't discuss the fact that, you know, Sasha and Bailey won the tagged uh, women's tag team titles. Uh, Historic first time champions. I know there's other women's tag team champions, but in WWE history, they're saying this is the first uh, women's tag team champions. Very emotional moment. You can tell it meant a lot to them. Um, You know, we have a moment like, man, that match great. And it was exactly what I thought it would be a crack. And in the best way possible, uh, I was surprised at them winning. I, I was so convinced that a heel tag team was going to win, if you listen to the last episode. But I should have known, because when I said Nyan Tamina would win, Brandon also said Nyan Tamina would win. At that moment, <laughs> Vegas odds being what they are. Brandon, I should have known That's that when right, Brandon man. said, when Brandon said, hey, Bos- uh, sorry, Nyan Tamina are going to win, I should have changed my pick right away. <laughs> Because you know you what? Are the rocket stopper? Ultimately, the, you know, and I ultimately helped Sasha and Bailey with these right. titles. So Sasha and Bailey, Brandon, a thank you. He picked Nia and Tamina, which probably was penciled in. And as soon as they heard this podcast, Renee Young told Vince McMahon, "I'm listening to this podcast. That's right. This idiot, this idiot <laughs> is saying Nia and Tamina are going to win. We got to change it." And I'm okay with that, you know. Because I'm I'm the one that's booking the show now, man. I'm making I'm making the moves happen. Right, right. Brandon, they're not listening to the WWE universe. They're listening to Brandon Brown. So so Brandon, yeah. is it? I noticed you didn't watch, and I'm gonna admit this. I'm gonna spoil this for our audience, but you didn't watch Raw or SmackDown this week. Yeah, and I noticed they were amazing episodes. You know, what? something I always tell you yeah. whenever you don't come over to watch Raw or SmackDown with me, they're amazing episodes. Why is that? I, Why is it that whenever you get your grubby little hands on something, it turns to shit? I think I stress you out, man, when I'm over there. <laughs> it's just like my mere presence. I'm like stressing out. You're like, man, I got to get this guy's soda. He's sitting there in my seat. Fall asleep. Falling half asleep. I, I got to look over at him to see if he's paying attention. He's worse than the crowd of Lafayette. And so... I think that's what's bringing bringing the show down for you. But look, I'm going to try to bring the energy, you know. I'm going to try to keep it up the next time. But I think that's why, yeah. That's why you're doing For over a decade, you've been telling me that you're going to keep the energy up. And you're going to change what you're doing. You're not going to fall asleep this time. And here we are. I'm in my 30s now. And you're still doing the same crap you've been doing. Look, one of these years, you're going to notice a vast improvement. You'll be like, wow. I think one of these years, I'll realize that the only way to really have this podcast take off (laughs) is if I get rid of you as my co host. Because when you get your grubby little hands on it, no one wants to listen to the episode. It's true, man. I need to clip my fingernails too. They're getting a little long. Right. I can see that. I can see that from here. Like they're wrapping around the entire microphone. Like when you're doing this, it's like wrapping around over here. 
kind of weird. How about Oscar Mandy Rose putting on a five star classic on SmackDown? Mandy Live. Rose getting the W. I know what Mandy I, Rose getting the W. Man. Nuts. So the so the rumored match is Lacey Evans versus Oscar versus uh, on for the SmackDown Women's Title. How you feeling about that one? I, I'm I'm cool with it, man. Just throw Mandy look, in there. I want, I want everyone I want everyone to look me in the eyes. I told you so about Lacey Evans. Did I not? Have I not been touting her on this podcast and saying she's the next big thing? That's right. We gotta we gotta post that promo she did there. This one, the one on the rumble on the Skype. Oh yeah, Brandon sends me things on <laughs> Skype as if as if I'm gonna look at Skype first of all. Like Brandon's still stuck in. Brandon sends me a Skype link from Windows 95, <laughs> and he expects me to to click it. It's not even compatible with my system anymore. Uh, no. Brandon's using a desktop that his parents bought him in 1998, <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> Guys, if you look at our Instagram live, go on our Instagram live. Brandon's front camera doesn't even work on his phone. He's using a flip phone. It's it's the most baffling thing. I apologize, guys. I apologize. I need to get rid of him from this podcast, and I know he's bringing us down. I'm bringing the whole show down. But look, there's going to be some nice people out there, I feel like. They want to contribute to the Patreon. Dude, they want to get me a new phone. They want to get a new computer, maybe a webcam. You know what? If there's anything left over, you might even donate it to Connor's gear. Huh? What? Huh? What? What baffles me is that a podcast that I that bears my name, a Kenny for Your Thoughts podcast. If we do a Patreon, Brandon thinks all the money is going to him. Do you see how greedy he is? Brandon saw him buying a new phone, webcam, and stuff. What does Kenny get? The guy's name is on the podcast, a Kenny for Your Thoughts yeah, podcast. What do I get, Brandon? You get the name recognition to say, "Hey, that's that's quite the branding right there." This is this is how he treats me. What Brandon? Here's here's the coffee. Cup full of Epo's coffee. What does it say? Does it say a Brandon for your thoughts? It says a kitty for thoughts. You got your own coffee cup there with a little ethos in it. I mean, what more do you want? What more do you need? <sighs> Guys, besides Lacey Evans, if you want to be my new co-host, please let me know because I'm at my wits' end um, with Brandon here. Brandon, we, I was t- talking about finding a theme song, Brandon. Before we go off air, I was talking about making a theme song because, you know, we have musical backgrounds and you were like, I can't come over. But if you and your cousin want to make it, that's fine. Yeah, and yet you want. And yet you want credit. You want all the money, quote unquote, money that would come out of the situation. I, I can't believe you. Yeah, I'm excited if you get homeboy on, on, on the song here. But speaking, the, uh, of, yeah, theme song. speaking of songs, man, I did want to thank. Verbal McMahon for allowing us to use his track oh, yes. on our episode here. Verbal McMahon. If you haven't heard his stuff, it's available on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your streaming music. Awesome, awesome dude. Messaged me. He was like, check out this album. It is freaking firebred. And if you haven't heard it yet, guys, please. Again, once again, Verbal McMahon. The album is called uh, Mr. McMahon, I'm pretty sure. Or is that the single? No, that's the name of the album is Mr. McMahon. And uh, it's got some great songs like uh, Attitude Era, Throne on the Rise, HBK, a lot of wrestling-based names here. Friggin' awesome stuff, man. And I'm not just saying that. I wouldn't just say that if I didn't like the music. 
So freaking awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah. All right. But I think unless you want to discuss something else, Brandon, I think that'll wrap it up for our episode. Yeah, sounds pretty good. All right. So didn't want to ask everybody. Definitely go and subscribe to our YouTube, youtube.com slash Kenny for your thoughts. Um, Other platforms, give us a five-star rating and review. We are your new favorite wrestling podcast, guys. We're on the come up, so definitely get attached to the train before it runs off the rails here. Isn't that right, Brandon? That's right. <laughs> I might crash it into the ditch. <laughs> thank you for listening to episode 23 of the Kenny for Your Thoughts podcast. Once again, I want to thank our guest, Jamie. Jamie. Uh, he's dealing with, yep, Jamie, many a crawl. So check that out, guys. Thanks for listening. Judgment and Alexis, hating within your sector. Job, girlfriend, and fan, but they detest you. All these multiple choices, you know, is bound to just vex you. You know, I'm bound to win pressure because I'm down for the pressure. You could trust I'm better in the clutch, so whatever's whatever. Kid, I'm talking, they ain't saying much, just a bunch of wag banter. Watch them run from the rap, Black Panther, the last grandmaster. If I hit that gas, I roll right past your verbal, spit that fire, then roll that after. Hardships in my life, I wanna close that chapter. Being broke is a joke, but just hold that laughter. Hey, yo, you niggas tight wax, turn right back, this shit is a slaughter. Just a light match, throw a light tax, make you triple your order. Yes, yeah, like that, how you like that, see me sipping the water. Alive when the night black smooth like Mike Jack flipping a quarter Dip to the border, get with the bosses, sit and listen to office We ain't lifting no crosses, picture me hitting your bitch in my office Your vision is garbage, swim at the fishes after I piss in your caucus I'm swimming in bitches, dirty the dishes, you know I'm dissing their boyfriends Tents up, burning tires, twisting fire I'm a level higher, whipping like a century prior Fire, a nigga never needed big to light up I just gotta get inspired in a quick 16 I write up That ladder we ain't climbed, yet my mindset we gotta get rich you know that time slim to prosper, you gotta take risks I'm leaving game, so what I jotted was this They cut some cloth, put it together, and the product was this For once, I wanted one teacher to walk up to me and say You know what, Mr. McMahon, just go fight it out, okay? Now get all your aggression out This has gotta be just the beginning of McMahon's master plan I told you, Mr. McMahon is brilliant Who's got the balls to step into the ring? Thank you.